It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper met with the media on Tuesday. He was supposed to tell us why he fired Frank Reich, but really decided, you know what, go ahead, speculate on your own. This doesn't need any speculation. It's still clear to me that David Tepper has no clue at all that he's the reason the Panthers are in the situation that they're in and that he is the problem. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, free and available everywhere. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Wednesdays, but not today, I'll answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions for the remainder of the regular season, either at me or DM me to get those questions in for later on this week, as I'll actually do it on Friday. That's the day we do it in the offseason because David Tepper met with the media on Tuesday. I need to discuss what he had to say. Uh, We'll get to that momentarily. So send me questions in at Julian Council. I'll get to those on Friday. They're playing the Bucks on Sunday. It doesn't really matter what happens on Sunday. Yes, some of it matters, of course, but keys to victory, we can skip that. Let's just talk about what y'all want to talk about, answer your questions on Friday's show. By the way, today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Price Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code all in lowercase LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper uh, decided to grace us with his presence on Tuesday morning there at Big America Stadium as he was supposed to explain why Frank Reich after 11 games was unfit to be the Carolina Panthers head coach. Now, we all know why. The offense has been god-awful. Bryce Young has not developed, and, well, the management of the game also has been pretty lackluster. Frank Reich, he had his opportunity. He spoke to Scott Bauer, the Charlotte Observer, after being fired on Monday, and it sounded pretty clear. At 62 years old, his football career is over. And he had a great football life. One of the greatest comebacks in NFL history with the Bills and the playoffs. Had great coaching career as an assistant. Winning Super Bowl at the Philadelphia Eagles. As a head coach, he had some experience and some good wins. But the last two years, the game is passing by. It didn't work out. And on a human level, and I know this is probably going to fall on deaf ears because Frank Reich is super rich and you'll never see that kind of money. So you cannot empathize with anyone who is rich out there in the world. But come on. Frank Reich, first ever quarterback in franchise history. First ever touchdown throw in franchise history. Brought back Dom Capers. And for him to come back here and to get this opportunity for his family to come back to the Carolinas. His daughter's at the high school with me. I didn't know him, but apparently I went to high school with me. So for have, to have that story, it really was one that you could root for. Now, Steve Wilkes is a better story, obviously, but still. I, on a human level, I feel bad for the guy because this is his career. This was his last chance, and it did not work out. So I wish Frank Reich and his family 
the best of luck moving forward. Of course, I'm sure financially that they'll be fine, but this will always hurt deep down inside for Frank Reich to have not gotten things done and to be fired after 11 weeks, uh, after 11 games, rather. And that is the second shortest tenure for a head coach that actually made it uh, to the regular season. Bill Belichick with the Jets has the shortest tenure. He woke up, decided, you know what? The Jets? Nah, I'm good. I don't want that stench on me for the rest of my life, which was the right decision by Bill Belichick because he's going to have a bust in Canton because he decided no to the New York Jets. But getting on to what David Tepper had to say, or not really didn't say at all (laughs) on Tuesday morning. Well, he was asked, of course, about Frank Reich and why he fired him. And he said for the second year in a row, this happened last year with Matt Rule where David Tepper sat there at the lectern and for 30 minutes answered questions. And on Tuesday, he was up there for 10 minutes only answered five questions, then tried to walk away. Brett Jensen from WBT was able to sneak in another question, and David Tepper sat there for three more minutes and answered that last question. So six questions in 13 minutes. And I just don't understand why David Tepper's even up there if he's not willing to answer the questions that the media has. I know there's a lot of fans out there frustrated about why didn't we get an answer about Scott Fitterer's future? Why didn't you ask about this? Well, I don't think the media understood when they walked in there, that the Panthers uh, PR guy was going to call on who was going to get the answer, uh, ask a question. Scott Fowler, who had a uh, a nice little back and forth with David Tepper a year ago, he was not called on. And Scott, of course, went to Twitter and said that. He was on the Dan Patrick show saying, yeah, he, he wouldn't call me, uh, which makes sense considering David Tepper reads Scott Bauer's columns. We found it out last year. Did not find out why he fired Matt Rule, uh, but we did find out that he reads The Observer. So thank you for supporting your local newspaper, David Tepper. And all y'all should do that as well. This is not paid ad. Um, But still... It's just interesting to me just how thin-skinned he is. And obviously, all of us want to be praised. We don't want to have to deal with it. But when you are running an organization like the Panthers, and the Panthers have been 30-63 and 63 since you took over, and you're firing a coach for the third time since you've taken over, and you're going to have your sixth coach, you want to include interims, and then your seventh, once we get to year seven of you owning here in about January or February, you need to go up there and answer the questions. And for whatever reason, David Tepper was not willing to answer. He said that the media could speculate. The point of having a press conference is so we're not speculating so we know what is actually going on like these are journalists journalists want to find out the truth that's what they want to know I want to know the truth you want to know the truth but David Tepper said no 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 don't even worry about it go ahead speculate you can figure it out on your own and we all know why but it just would be nice to know why now why not a couple weeks ago why not until the end of the season why decide to do this now But David Zepper had no interest in doing that, so here we are. Second straight year, he holds a press conference without explaining why he fired the head coach and why he did it at that point in time, and I'm just kind of confused why even hold a press conference in the first place other than I guess you have to considering you are the owner of the team and this was a massive decision made uh, that will impact the future and, of course, the now of the organization. Now, the attractiveness of the job is something that people will wonder about. There's 32 of these jobs in the NFL. We all know that. And because there's only 32 of them, there will always be someone that wants the job. I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to, oh, you have to take the job because this might be your only opportunity. If your only opportunity is to go to a place with an owner who has shown a lack of patience, an organization that does not have a first-round pick, that's roster has to be uh, the worst in the NFL if you're looking at it, at least on offense, uh, you might not have very much time. And sure, you're going to become a very wealthy man. You're already pretty rich anyways if you're coaching in the NFL, but you're going to be really rich if you come here to Carolina. You don't have to take this job. 
Like, why impact your future job or career path by taking this job? You might not get a second chance. This may be it for you. Now, Frank Reich, he had a first chance, got a second chance, didn't work out. But at least he got a first chance and got five seasons. But the next person who comes here, like, Matt Rule's never going to get another opportunity in the NFL. So... The next guy who gets a job here, this might be it for them. Like with Scott Fitter, I talk about it. I can feel a level of empathy for him if it doesn't work out because he's worked a long time to get in that position, and he's coming to Carolina. Things have not worked out. A lot of it's on him. We still have to find out whether he's going to get the ax or not. But still, like this job, yeah, there's only 32 of them. But, man, there's a lot about this gig and the dude you're working for that is not attractive. Now, David Sepper says he's not worried about the attractiveness of the job, even though he's fired coaches midseason back-to-back years. And he's mentioned that in other aspects of his life, I guess back with his hedge fund, that there's people that worked for him for 20 to 30 years. He said, nobody leaves me. Well, if we want to look at the business side of the Panthers, Tom Glick left you. Nick Kelly left you. They're not the only ones. People are leaving you here in Carolina. So I don't know what was going on on Wall Street That's not going on on Mint Street here in Carolina to where people don't want to be in that building working with you anymore. So that's just a wild thing to me. And think about it, too. Like, Frank Reich is a respected head coach. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Respected player when he played in the league. He got less time than Nathaniel Hackett and Urban Meyer. Complete clown show down in Jacksonville. And Frank Reich got less time. Like, have some respect for him. Let him coach up the season. Same thing with Ron Rivera. He was here for nine years. Yeah, things were working out. Have some respect for him and just let him coach out the rest of the season. You're going to fire him anyways. Let him know, hey, Ron, we're going to move on after the year, uh, but I'm going to respect you and let you carry on the rest of the year. But David Tepper had no interest in doing that. Now, he says he's patient. We have seen when it comes to quarterbacks, he's not very patient at all. When it comes to a first-year head coach, for, and it's not a first-time head coach, but a first-year head coach, well, you get 11 weeks, and we knew it wasn't going to lead to Frank Wright coming back for a second year, but David Tepper had seen enough, and we went over it yesterday. Jonathan Jones of the of CBS Sports reported, and it's not even really a report, but he reminded us that they can't really start talking to coaches until after the divisional round. The NFL wants to slow down the hiring process of head coaches. Like, they want it to be after the playoffs, really. So he's doing this, and for two months, yeah, you can start vetting and trying to figure out who they might want, but he can't really talk to anybody. So why do it now? There's no real rush for this to happen. Um, But patience? I don't buy it. David Tepper says he is patient. He says, I do have patience. My reputation away from this game is one for extreme patience. There's no reason that doesn't come here, too. It does. Now that patience comes of good performance and things and that you want to see progress being made. So, yeah, of course, you got to have people actually winning games for them to be um, rewarded with patience. But come on, man. Don't sit here and say that you're patient because when it comes to football, that's not the case. And he admits it. In other aspects of his life, okay, people want to stick around for 20 to 30 years. But so far here in Carolina, that has not been the case. And he was asked uh, by Eric Spanberg of the Charlotte Business Journal, hey, why has there been such a constant churn? And that gave David Tepper an opportunity to remind us that before he came to town, that we did not have music here in Charlotte, that we were the town in Footloose. We had never had concerts before, that we had never seen any football being played. We'd never seen soccer at the stadium, that David Tepper brought us everything. People do not care, man. The thing that matters is the football team when it comes to what happens there at 100 South Mint Street. It's great. You brought Beyonce. Love that. You're bringing Morgan Wallen. Awesome. You didn't bring Taylor Swift, bro. 
You didn't bring the Eras tour, so what did you really do? Now, Beyonce's huge. I know it, I know it, I know it. So, but still, man, like, no one cares about the concerts you brought. Sure, people had fun, but what they care about when it comes to that stadium is what happens between August and January and hopefully late into January. And what's happening is the team's not winning. So you can recite all the things you've done with the business side. And I do credit him to bringing some of those things to Carolina, or at least to Charlotte, to like having more events at the stadium. Like, that is cool. Bringing MLS, sure. I don't really care about MLS. But yeah, I'm a soccer fan at heart. But it's cool that he's done that, that there's more things that go on at Bank of America Stadium, that it's not just sitting there empty for 355 days of the year. Like, that's a good thing. It is. But man, that's not... What we're up there wanting to know on Tuesday morning. What we want to know is how you're going to fix this. Bringing concerts is not going to fix the product on the football field on Sundays. And that is the frustration that a lot of people have. And David Tepper talked about fan frustration that before he was ever an owner, that he was a fan and he gets it and he's pissed off too. Yeah, Okay, dude, but at least you can do something about it. The rest of us, we are all just hostages in this situation. Now, it is also up to the fans. You don't have to watch. You don't have to spend your money, but you want to. You were a fan before he ever came to Carolina. You're going to care about this team when he's gone from Carolina. So for David Tepper to sit here and say, like, oh, yeah, well, I understand what it's be to be a fan, but then to go back and say, oh, I'm patient, when clearly that is not the case, and to also recite all the things that he's done for us other than win football games, the one thing that people actually want him to do, it's just, it blows my mind. And this is why I just don't mess with this dude. It would be completely different if he was genuine about it and that, and I can, I know that he does care. I do know. But the way he comes across, it just sounds so disingenuous, man. And then, Finally, as he's trying to get out of there, as he's being rushed off the stage because, oh, God, God forbid David Tepper answer any questions to these plebes, the peon journalists. Uh, he, uh, what's his face? Brett Shinton's able to ask a question about Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. What was his involvement in that decision? And he said in all of those decisions, whether it was the head coach or Bryce, I don't really vote on those until the last piece. Those decisions are made by the football people. Okay, that's a good thing. Everything that is right and everything that is wrong here ultimately – is my fault. I have the final say. I appreciate him saying it's my fault. He came out and also said earlier that the product on the field is not good enough. Yes, obviously. We all can see that. He says that ultimately it falls on him. And I've been saying it, it starts at the top. You can look at the, you can look at uh, Scott Fitterer. You can look at Frank Reich. I told you last year. Fine. You fire Matt Rule. The problem is the owner. And we've seen a year later, the problem is still the owner. And getting a new head coach has not changed anything. And getting a new general manager probably will not change anything as long as David Tepper has the final say. Now, yeah, he spent $2.25 billion liquid straight cash for this team. And he should have a say in important franchise decisions like moving up to number one, like hiring a head coach, like hiring a general manager, of course. But does he need to have the final say in everything? No. Now, he did say that Bryce Young... That decision was unanimous among coaches and scouts. And that has been a reporting from everyone. Everyone wanted Bryce Young. Now, he did also mention, this has been reported in the past, that originally they were going to move up to number two and take C.J. Stroud because they believed the Texans were going to take Bryce Young. And you listen to a lot of reporters. I know people want to kind of have this revisionist history. The majority of teams in the league viewed Bryce Young as number one and C.J. Stroud 
as number two. Now, as we've seen so far, C.J. Stroud has been better. But the consensus was Bryce Young, then C.J. Stroud. So that's what the Panthers thought was going to happen, that they didn't go to number one. It was going to be Bryce Young, then C.J. Stroud. And that's what played out as they took Bryce at number one and the Houston Texans took C.J. at number two. But they always preferred Bryce Young. He was their number one pick, and they had conviction, which is why they moved to number one to get him. Now, I still believe whether... And I believe, and I and I and I trust the reporting. And I trust that David Tepper, when he says this, that everyone wanted him. It was unanimous. I still believe, though, that David Tepper was going to get the guy, the guy he wanted. He was going to get the quarterback that he wanted. If he wanted Stroud, he would be here. If he wanted Levis, he would be here. If he wanted Anthony Richardson, he would be here. That's what I believe, and that's part of the problem that we have here in Carolina. He said that he always has the choice to veto. He liked Frank Reich, so he hired him. He liked picking Bryce Young, so they picked Bryce Young. He is the one who's going to decide those big decisions. And that's scary moving forward here in Carolina. He again closed out saying the buck stops here, and I take full responsibility for everything. And he did also let everyone know that Bryce Young is the guy. We are totally confident in that pick. His pick. The Panthers pick. But really, in the end, David Tepper's pick. So after listening to all those quotes and maybe even tuned into the press conference, does that sound like a man who understands that he's the problem and he's the reason the franchise is being held back? Does it? Because to me, it's pretty clear David Tepper still doesn't get it. And because of that, <sighs> buckle up, y'all. Now, Chris Tabor, he will be the interim head coach moving forward. We'll talk about some of the things he had to reveal to us on Tuesday morning, including why Deuce Daly and Josh McCown are no longer here in Carolina. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Whenever the game clock stops, that's time to order in with DoorDash. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Score football season's best deals on groceries, restaurants, retail, and more. All of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery are on the app so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. And personally for me, one of my favorites is Hawthorne Pizza here locally in Charlotte. Hit them up all the time on Sundays. You should too. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order your tailgate gear on DoorDash and get ready to watch your Team win. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. Price Picks is the most fun you'll have, winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can take LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. Price Picks is really simple to play. You make your picks as your entry in less than 60 seconds it's that quick y'all quick withdrawals easy gameplay and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make price picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to pricepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use code locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 that's pricepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use code locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 
First, it was Ron Rivera, then it was Perry Fuel, then it was Matt Rule, then it was Steve Wilkes, then it was Frank Reich, and now it is Chris Tabor as he takes over for the final six games as the interim head coach here in Carolina. And he addressed the media right after David Tepper failed to answer uh, enough questions to really clarify what the hell is going on here, other than he's the problem. Uh, but he doesn't see it, unfortunately, and that is... Yikes, not good for all of us who want to see the Carolina Panthers succeed. But Chris Tabor did say he's thankful to David Tepper for having the confidence in him to allow him to have this opportunity, even though it will only be uh, for six weeks. As he was asked, do you think you're going to have any chance at all? And David Tepper, at least last year, there was 12 weeks left in the season, or 12 games left in the season, 13 weeks, 12 games. You know, you know what I'm saying. There's 12 games left in the season. So it was within reason to ask, okay, well, most of the season is remaining, and the team, yeah, they're not great. And I'm sure you don't expect them to turn it around with Steve Wilkes. But in the event that he does a good job, would he get the opportunity to be a head coach? And he said he had to do, like, I forget the words exactly, but he said he had to be, like, significantly great or something like I don't know what the hell the words were. But David Tepper just said that he had to, you know, really wow him for that, that to be the case. Apparently, he wasn't wowed by going 500 and almost winning division title. Maybe he was ticked off by that uh, because that meant the Panthers had to trade all his assets up to get a quarterback. No idea what the situation there was with him deciding not to take Steve Wilkes, other than I guess he was focused on an offensive coach, as we saw with the amount of offensive coaches he decided to interview before hiring Frank Reich. And as we've seen, that did not work out. But Chris Tabor didn't really give up the vibes that he thought that he would get a chance to be the head coach. They win uh, the next six games. It would be nice because it would be some momentum. Maybe that would be a nice notch in Chris Tabor's belt to be the head coach here or maybe somewhere else. I, I don't know. We, we see now two times in the last two years NFL owners, Mark Davis out there in Los Angeles, because it's probably – two years ago, really, that he decided not to keep Rich Bisaccia when and got Josh McDaniels, and Josh McDaniels is no longer there. Uh, we saw with David Tepper passing on Steve Wilkes, went out to get uh, Frank Reich, and of course, Frank Reich is no longer here. So maybe if he won six games, that Tepper will do that, but it seems pretty clear, and all the reporting so far is that David Tepper will be eyeing yet another offensive coach and a young one, and we've seen already that that does not need to be the case. D'Amico Ryans out there in Houston, not an offensive coach. And look how well they've played so far this season with C.J. Stroud at quarterback. So you don't have to have an offensive coach to have success. Sean McDermott, not an offensive coach. He's had success with Josh Allen. I don't know, man. Um, but he was also talking about just their focus on winning games moving forward because, of course, that's what they're focused on. But there's a couple things that actually were interesting that we needed to find out uh, from Chris uh, Tabor. We did see that on Monday, later on on Monday afternoon, that Josh McCown, the quarterback coach here in Carolina, would no longer be here along with Deuce Staley, the assistant head coach and running backs coach here in Carolina. And Tabor just said that coaching is about relationships. He respects both coaches, and uh, anything that they do is to help uh, try to help improve their team. So they decided that moving on from Cowan and Staley was the right thing to do. I don't even know how much of an impact it really makes. Uh, because they're moving on, they have to figure out some guys to be in those roles. Now Thomas Brown will step in and be the running backs coach, former running back. He's been a running back coach. Makes sense. He'll also call the plays for anyone out there interested. That was a pretty obvious thing to do. Uh, Parks Frazier who called plays last year in Indianapolis after Frank Reich was fired. He's been the passing game coordinator. He'll now be the quarterback's coach. So we'll see what kind of impact he can have. And it'll be interesting to see what his job um, prospects are after this. 
And then Jim Caldwell will be helping in the quarterback room as well in a more hands-on role. Don't know what he's been doing uh, throughout the season, but we'll see more Jim Caldwell moving forward. So that's really the update from Chris Tabor. Just felt like it was the right thing to do for the team. They let go of Deuce Daly and Josh McCown and that Thomas Brown will call plays, be the running back coach. Park Frazier will be the quarterback coach, and we'll see more of Jim Caldwell, I would imagine, maybe on the sidelines on Sunday afternoons moving forward here in Carolina. But do not expect Chris Tabor to be the head coach here full-time. So why not a Jero Averro or Thomas Brown? I've been getting that question a lot in my DMs. Well, I'll tell you why. That's not the case here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. The Carolina Panthers are in search for a new coach, so I think that this might be a great place for David Tepper to go find one. LinkedIn, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. And when you do, make sure to add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs if you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'll have the weekly Wednesday mailbag on Fridays. That's where it will be for people that are new to the show. Uh, During the offseason, it will be on Fridays. I felt like... This year, it would make way more sense than the regular season to put it in the middle of the week where typically, you know, Tuesday's the off day, so there's not anything going on aside from when a coach gets fired and the owner has to go speak to the media and let everyone know why he fired a coach or at least not let anybody know. Just say, you speculate for yourself. So typically, Tuesdays are slow, and I record the show the day before, so Wednesdays made more sense to do the weekly Wednesday mailback throughout the season than Fridays really focus on the game moving forward. So in the off season, starting in January – only six weeks away, we will be back to Fridays for the weekly mailbag that we do here on Locked On Panthers. But been getting a lot of these questions um, heading into this week's mailbag and figured I might as well just answer it now. And I can probably address it again on Friday because I know not everyone listens to the show. And this is pretty late into it, so you might not still be tuning in. Um, for those of you who are, thank you for sticking around uh, this long and listening to me uh, bloviate about the Panthers and David Tepper uh, being a complete numbskull and ruining your favorite football team. But why isn't a Jero Vero or Thomas Brown the interim? Three things. Number one, starting off with Jero Vero. He interviewed for the job back in January, right? Yes. And David Tepper said no. But he did say yes to him being the defensive coordinator here in Carolina. Now, the guy that he hired, that Jero was working with, he's now fired. And that guy failed. David Tepper would have to admit that he failed, got it wrong, by not hiring a Jero Vero in the first place if he decided, okay, actually, you're going to be my interim head coach. That would require David Tepper to have 
a level of humility that we've yet to see so far. He's been humbled by making bad decisions, but as you heard on Tuesday, he still doesn't understand that the problem, it's him. And he's banging his head against the wall trying to figure out why can't I win? Like, why I have all this money? Why is this not working for me? Because you keep getting in the way. You don't know football as well as you think you do. Come on. And I'm not saying that I know how to run a football team. But I I would hope in the same situation, I would have the wherewithal, the self-awareness to just take a step back and let people do their jobs. And David just won't do that. So... For David Tepper to put a Jero Vero in the interim, he would have to admit that he made a mistake 11 months ago by not hiring him in the first place. But do you really think that would happen? No, I don't see that being the case. Uh, and number two, as far as Thomas Brown goes, the offense has been god-awful. Terrible. They've also fired Deuce Daly, and they've gotten rid of Josh McCown. You see a lot of times, and we saw right after Matt Rule got fired, that a couple of guys that were there were gone. Right off the bat, you saw that that um, Phil Snow was gone. You saw that, I think, Terrence Knighton, the uh, defensive line coach, he was out of here. A lot of people got fired along the way. And Steve Wilkes brought some people back in. He took some things over. You're going to move on from some coaches. And when you do that, you're going to have to have guys take on some bigger roles. So now Thomas Brown's called the plays to be the OC. And he's also going out there and coaching the running backs. So I think the focus... By doing this now, one of the arguments would be this is for Bryce Young, for Bryce the next six weeks to have this as his base, to have this as the core guys that can help him and to work with, and for his development, that they want Thomas Brown to just be singularly focused on working with Bryce Young and running backs and Parks Frazier stepping in as quarterback coach, that for Thomas Brown, it's just too much to take on his plate. Like Chris Tabry, he works with special teams. He's working with a lot of guys on the roster anyways, and it's easier for him having the experience, having done it in Chicago a couple times, to take over and to step into that role. But, like, the offense has been bad. And Thomas Brown brought some of the concepts he learned in Los Angeles in his previous stops, Carolina. And hit, when he called plays, it was no good, better than when Frank Reich was calling plays. And I don't know what's really going to change about the offense six weeks ago uh, than what we saw with Frank Wright calling plays and with Thomas Brown calling plays for those three games. So I expect the offense still to be bad because yesterday's issues are still today's issues. Um, just one of the issues is gone, that being Frank Wright. So we'll see um, what it looks like, but that's a reason. Like, the offense isn't good, and why would you put him in the interim spot when that's just been an embarrassing side of the bowl and the primary reason why Frank Wright is no longer here. And at number three, I don't think he wants to be back in a position where he's having to consider hiring the interim coach if things go well. Like Chris Tabor... He did not say that he was told that he didn't have a chance, but from his body language and the way he said it, he knew that he doesn't have a chance to get this job. And with six weeks left, it's pretty late into the season to sit here and be like, okay, they win all the games, five and one. Like, okay, we got to hire this interim head coach. A lot's got to change. It's not just the interim. A lot needs to change. And even that Steve Wilk got in the job, they needed to do a lot to get this roster to a point where it would be consistently competitive. And I do think they would be better with Steve Wilkes than they are right now, but they need to do some things in the offseason to really get it back up to speed or really just back on the tracks because currently that's not the case. Uh, but had a Jero Vero gotten a job and maybe gone 6-0, he would be right back in a position where, like, damn, I got to consider the interim. Same thing with Thomas Brown. I don't think he's considering Chris Tabor. So that's why I don't think either one of those guys are there. Thomas Brown really needs to be focusing on the offense of Bryce Young. Jero Vero, he's a defensive coach. And as we know, David Tepper's not interested in hiring defensive coaches. And then Chris Tabor, 
He just is here for the ride. So that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I will be back with you on Friday instead of Wednesday to answer your weekly mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me right now. Uh, but in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I will talk to you on Thursday as we talk to James Yarko of Locked on Bucks. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.